Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hello, everyone. This is the Redman TV podcast. We are here po- podcasting. It's pretty much, pretty much. It's, it's as standard as it gets. It's as good as it gets. Um, so, yeah, we've got some questions <laughs> from you guys, obviously, as we've said in the last few weeks, because it's pre-season. Um, we're just opening up to you to provide the topics of conversation. Now, we got this one in to kick us off from Blaine. Agard, who asks us for our thoughts on this season's kit. Now, we're still waiting on the third kit. It, it, it was released. Mm. I've seen the photos, I've seen the videos, but I still haven't seen it in the flesh. Um, I looks okay. You know, I, 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 I'll be perfectly honest. I can't see me wearing it much. The fluorescent thing. Yeah. I mean, I, I mean, the first thing I said was, I'm not going to need me bibs for footy no more. Mm. Am I if everyone gets one of them? Like... Or you could just wear that on its own. It's not. I don't know. I, it's not. It's not for me. It's not aimed at me. Yeah. I don't particularly like it. It's too bright. Yeah. Um, but you know, I can see. I could imagine loads of kids wearing it. I can imagine loads of kids wanting it. But equally, you didn't like the away one until you saw it in the flesh. That's true. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I we'll, like we'll... the away one more now that I've seen the back of it. Because we we've had it lying around here and I never picked it up and looked at the back. Right. So, it well better. Okay. And like cool. the, and especially with like the new numbering and and the, and all that, like it looks yeah. cool. Like yeah. So yeah, I mean, I, th- I think in a ge- in a general sense, someone in fact it was Elliot who does Bear Pit TV was saying how he, he, he I think they've got Macron Stoke as their as their kit makers now, and he wants New Balance back. Um, and I, like by and large, I think they've been I think they've done as good a job as anyone since. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go on a little bit of Reebok. Now, re- people don't really remember. People don't really talk about Reebok as a Liverpool kit manufacturer. It's like Adidas or nothing, effectively. And everyone's about how a Warrior and Warrior became synonymous with just madness and shit. Even though I think they did some nice kits too. But like, what when you look back at the Reebok kits, they just made like not over the top. There's one or two like garish ones, but by mm. and large, they were just sound kits, weren't they? Yeah, they're fine. I mean, look, m- most people only talk about bad kits they don't really talk about good kits and or, stuff like or that, like. really really nice ones yeah and there's so many kits that are just middle of the road and stuff and I think that's what Reebok did very well and I think that's what New Balance have done very well like the first Warrior one for me was lovely yeah but it was the quality of the shirt that wasn't up to scratch. And yeah. I think it bobbled a lot when you when you wear a shirt every single week yeah. and you wash it every single week, then the quality needs to be good. And I don't think Warrior understood that, like yeah. that Liverpool fans oh, wear the shirt. Like. I think they had like a six month turnaround period to knock a Liverpool kit out. And we go, six months? Apparently the, the lead up time for every Liverpool kit is three years. So the kit that Liverpool wear in this season was effectively designed three years ago and that's what happens the the, the the cycle of stuff so yeah no that was there was some major issues with that. I think they're fine I, I mean I, lo- I genuinely love the home kit love it like I think it's and you can tell by 
how many is see everywhere. It's noticeable. Like there's, I've seen, I'm seeing more fellas wearing that. Mm. And there's still loads of kids kids wearing them. But I guarantee what you'll see, because we said this with the, the Toxic Thunder kit from last season, kids love bright footy kits. And all you'd ever see walking around Liverpool, if you're not wearing a Liverpool kit or an Everton kit, you're in a Barcelona away kit yeah. or a Real Madrid right. away kit. And they're all mad fluorescent stuff. So, yeah, I, I like I said, I think the sound, I'm, I'm actually looking forward to seeing the, the third kit close and personal because I didn't like the away until I again until I saw it with my own two eyes and now I think it's I think it's sound. So there you go. Um but I guess the question is if people are listening, like are you that who's that asked about a ways and thirds? Like I would like don't get me wrong, if if you just had like a white away kit and a let's say a yellow fair kit for the sake of argument or whatever, I'd probably be I'd probably be fine with that for the rest of time. But realistically, as long as you, as long as the home shirt's not horrendous. Because there's nothing, I, I don't wear, I, you know, I prefer, the, I'll be honest, I do genuinely prefer the away kits, but when the home kit is terrible, and we've had a, a few really bad home kits over the years, that really annoys me. I, I like to feel like, it, feel, it, 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 it segues into my notion of, this is our year. Like, I like looking at a kit and thinking, I can see us lifting silverware and that, and when I see it being a bit shit, I think, uh, uh yeah, I, I'm not. You just don't care about these things. I don't really give a shit. Yeah, to mm. be perfectly honest. <laughs> Sorry, everyone. Yeah, doesn't matter to me. No, Sport them whatever they were. Okay, so um, <clears throat> we've got uh, obviously Lucas Lever at time of recording is there's was just a picture going on our Twitter account. He's having his medical as we speak at Lazio. We. Um, we figured, given that looks like it's going to happen, albeit he's you know he's come back from the brink every season for the last sort of two years. Um, it looks likely that he's gonna he's gonna move. So we thought we'd do a little bit of a have a, have a Lucas Laver flavor to the oh. podcast, so to speak. Yes. Um, now the question that came um, around this was a uh, Ray and Rudy on Twitter. He said favorite ever Lucas Laver moment. So we'll start with that, and then we'll we'll, we'll go outwards from there. I like the the off the ball stuff. I like the, the needle that he's had in his game and stuff. And I remember the Fellaini one where James Milner. I'm not sure if it was last season or the season before. James Milner was having a little bit of a uh, how's your father? Let's say with um, uh, I don't that know sex. I know, but it's fine. It's on the pitch. It's cool. He's having a li- he's having a little he's having a little something with him. And then Lucas Leiva comes in and just starts pushing Fellaini, who's a foot and a half bigger than Lucas yeah. Leiva. Like that was cool. Or the other one was. He started pushing Oscar, and like they got, they got really into it. Like Lucas Slavers pushed him over and stuff, and then, and then afterwards he goes up and you know, like puts his arm around his head and is like, "I'm sorry, mate," because they're international teammates and they're probably mates as well. Yeah. But he, he just in the in the heat of battle, he just loves Liverpool and he'd do anything. Like and, yeah. and that kind of sums up what type of Lucas Labour is or what type of man he is. For yeah, us. absolutely. So I uh, I put the question out on Twitter as well, and the first two responses all uh, kind of echo what I was going to go with myself, um, and I, so I'll just quickly run through them and they all centre around um, his shot against Everton so we've got Phil uh, Liu uh, Harshal B and Daniel Crawford all saying effectively shot versus Everton where Klopp starts laughing his attempted shot against Everton had me in stitches just like Klopp his wild shot on goal versus the bitters has to be up there um, yeah and the fact that it was like, like the fact that even Klopp knew like, you know, most managers... It was go, a belly laugh. Well, yeah, exactly. As most are with Jürgen. But, you know, it's it's that thing of... There's probably managers you've had, Lucas, over the years, who've been thinking, I can get a bit more out of him. And it's just reached the point where Jürgen's just like, 
what are you doing there, mate? And the point that it was, we, were, we were comfortable enough that it wasn't a roar, roar at Lucas for what are, you, what are you doing? He thought it was hilarious, and I absolutely did too. Um, the things that stood out for me, one of my, my personal favourite Lucas Slaver moments, we got to those days under Chen Chang, oh, those great days, um, when we got to interview like Brendan Rodgers and stuff. We did Brendan a couple of times, and there was and Lucas, I think, he, I can't remember, he was in the middle of the two of them, I think, that, I think that's right. But he sat down with the the, the, the fan sites and the, and the bloggers and the vloggers, etc., and answered a load of questions. And he was great. And there was a moment where he was talking about a particular game and he got it and he, and he was referring to the wrong team and he got corrected and he went, ah. And he pointed at me and goes, don't put that in the video. Don't put it in the video. And I remember um, he was just dead funny about it and like, like you know, not like being funny about it. Like he was just funny with it. And um, we had to go and get it checked and get it cleared because he covered himself. And, and, and I, th- I think I'd like messaged him and said, are you, are you all right with this? And he'd gone, yeah, 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 it's fine. Um, and I just loved that fact that he was like, he was just funny. You know, some players would have been dickheads about it or would have like gone into the shells or whatever. And you could see, again, I've just loved his personality. And, it's weird that, for me, the, the things that stand out about Lucas Chris are not so much individual moments. Um, they are very much a general sense of him as a person. Like, because it's tough to talk about Lucas without talking about, you can talk about what he was, but also what he wasn't. But there's one thing, and we'll, we'll come on to that a little bit, but the, the one thing you can't deny about Lucas Lever, the man had massive bollocks. And you, you know he was a he was like a twenty year old Brazilian kid with long hair and white boots, and and everyone thought he was going to be either a box to box or an attacking midfielder, and it never just never really worked for him, and yet he just kept going. Everyone, I say everyone, not everyone. The vast majority of Liverpool fans either thought he was shit or or they really didn't like him. And we've seen over that period of time so many players crumble under that and leave the club, and he did the exact opposite. Yeah, I think that that is testament to him, and he's never had it easy at Liverpool, has he? And you know, <clears throat> from coming over from Gremio, five million quid, three hundred and forty-six appearances later, still divides opinion, and that's mad for someone who's been at the club for 10 years, isn't it? You know, normally someone who's spent a decade at a club is is entrenched in the history books almost of that club, but yeah. he's he's been here during one of our least successful in terms of silverware eras, yeah. and, and that's probably why he struggled, and, yeah. you know, he's been in change of managers, change of ownerships, change of teams, but he's been that one constant throughout the last 10 years, and he's done it in, in a way that I never thought he would be able to do it. I mean, He's been playing centre-back for the best part of a year and a half for us. Yeah. And that's just, he came in as an attacking midfielder who yeah. used to score goals, 25-yarders. I mean, I know he scored um, He scored a perler, went top, keepers top left years ago. I think it was in the FA Cup or something. And that's just not what he was about. He, he was He's always about fighting for every inch. Yeah. That's what Lucas has had to do throughout his career. And it's such a shame because, you know, he's been a great servant to the club. He's been a great professional, by all accounts, off the field. But a good player, yeah. And we, I don't think I can talk about him as a great player. Yeah. I can talk about him as one of my favourites. Yeah. But I don't think he ever hit the heights that he should have. And maybe it was down to the injury. Well, it's interesting because I was going to mention that because that was the thing that was that most upset me about Lucas's career. Almost was that at Liverpool certainly um, was he. He, did, he put all that work in, he started to win the critics over, and he started to put in genuinely top class performances. 
and then it was with Chelsea in the League Cup, wasn't it? And he and he and he got injured and, and he just never quite came back the same player. Now we've seen it in bits. We've seen him have some great performances since then. And look, he was not like he was ever blessed with tremendous pace or what have you. But I don't know I just don't know whether that whatever you lose when you have a serious knee injury, whatever that little thing was, just stopped him from going over. And I, I will never know. And I would, you know, I would like to think I'd always give the benefit of the doubt because of the nature of his character and the, mm. and the effort that he put in, that he would have had, he maybe would have been able to reach a, a higher height than he, than he did, I guess. But again, it, it does make you wonder sometimes we, we set, where is our barometer? You know, what is the bar at Liverpool? It's a very confusing thing. It's been a very confusing time for Liverpool in the last 15 years even to set to set the bar and what does it mean? Because we do this all the time. We talk about kids all the time. We say, well, why, why do we think these kids are shit when they're playing for Liverpool? You know, if they were playing in, in a Premier League team elsewhere, we'd be looking at them as, as wonder kids. And similarly for Lucas, is he is he in uh, a perfect example of where how how low Liverpool have fallen over over 10 years or should we be able to look at a guy and go fucking hell you know um, look at the number of managers Rafa Rafa loved him Brendan Rodgers used him even you know, Roy Hodgson had time for him Kenny Dalglish had time for him Jürgen Klopp's had time for him um, all these guys not one of them was like I know we come close but everyone had time and everyone gave Lucas Leiva game time yeah, it's true, and I, but I think from far as a fan perspective, from my perspective, it was that I could always look around and there was always midfielders and our rivals who were better. Yeah, and who were better suited to the systems that they were playing and stuff. And I think that's where it comes from. You know, we have been in a bit of a barren spell. It's been what has it been five years since we've won a trophy now or something like that. <clears throat> Lucas has been there and yet you always want better and I think you have to strive to be better and not just in football as a football team but in, in, just in life in general don't yeah. you and you know when you see a guy who's played there who hasn't won trophies and it feels like you're just spinning your wheels a little bit yeah. and I think you know had we won more trophies then maybe we'd look at Lucas differently but unfortunately we haven't and therefore you do take envious glances around the league and think Wow, all right, Kante's a bit better than him. And yeah. how many midfielders over the years have you seen a midfield pairings that have just been better than ours? Yeah. You know, it's been a long time since we had the best midfielder in the world. Yeah. And Lucas wasn't part of that. Yeah, well it's it's, it's interesting, isn't it? Because I think that's that the stigma I guess he carried with him was you come into a team with Xavi Alonso, Steven Gerrard, and Javier Mascarano, and you think and you go, Wow, well, you know, he he came in as a kid in that midfield. He was always going to struggle to to best. I guess what 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 the thing for me about Lucas and why I think any the criticism any criticism is ultimately unfair is that he found his role as a squad player at Liverpool, and in that regard, if we just put better if we just bought better other players, I think he'd have his usefulness to Liverpool would have been undiminished regardless of who we've who, who we'd had because I don't think he was ever necessarily you know there was always. There should have been better players playing in the eleven. I think we saw how good he can be, having someone of that quality and again that character around the squad. Because when you when you need to drop a player in, it's very rare that Lucas, when asked to, to help the team out to do a job, he ever did anything poor. It's like those things. It's like if Man United hadn't had Beckham, Neville. Uh, all uh, you know, all, uh, I don't know why I've picked them two as the two, as the two <laughs> players, but you know, you're okay. You're Ronaldo's, your Tevez, your Rooney's, etc. And it, and the Darren Fletchers and John O'Shea's of this world had been allowed to play more, to, you know, more games effectively. 
you know, the, I, I suspect those guys and the whole thing would have been a, would, would have been a lot a lot shitter, you know. Maybe I think yeah, I agree with what you, what you're saying. I also think because of the type of a player that he is, he wouldn't be around anymore if he was just the squad player. It was because there was always there was always a route to get his 30, 40 games a season yeah. and he stayed around. Yeah. I think had he just been a squad player, Lucas would have gone a few years ago yeah. now because he just wants to play football and he thinks he can do a job for a team. Fair play to him, he can. Mm. I, I'm really excited to see whether he plays DM. Yeah. Again, whether he plays centre midfield for Lazio or whether he is now sort of resigned that he's going to be a centre back because yeah. I think he will. I think he'll want to play centre midfield. Yeah. I think that's why he's moved. I think he wants to go and be a part of the team because it must be terrible for someone like a Lucas Lever who who knows he's good at football, who can do a job in the first team, but who can be more than just a morale booster, do you know what I mean? Like yeah. Pepe Reina was for Spain. Yeah. He he in his own right could have been a, a first choice goalkeeper yeah. for how many countries? Yeah. Yeah. And he could have won the World Cup as a as a world as a goalkeeper for yeah. Spain. They'd have been no worse aside, yeah. not much worse anyway, for him being in nets. But how bad must it feel that you've just got that one guy ahead of you all the time? Yeah. Lucas wants to prove himself that he can be part of the first team and yeah. be a bigger part than just that squad player. Oh god, yeah, absolutely. And you're right. I think I think it's telling, isn't it, that I, his best performances last season came when he was moved back into the defensive midfield toward the back end of the season. We got to see him just do his, do what he do what he does, and he's, you know, he was never. He's just such an odd player, isn't he? Because he is the perfect example of how there are two games of footy. There's the game that you watch on the telly, and there's the game that you watch when you're in the ground, mm. and how you come out going, you come out of, out of Anfield and be like, how good was Lucas today? And you'd speak to somebody who watched it on the telly and you're like, no, he was shit. shite. And you're like, how did you possibly think he was, he was shite? He's just, you can see it now because Jordan Henderson does it as well. He's very good at tackling without going to, without going to ground. It's also, if you don't go to ground, like go, slide tackles are defensive players' shots on goal, aren't What's they? What's the last resort as well? Yeah. You know, good players don't go to ground in tackles anymore because the yeah. game's moved on a lot. It's all about intercepting and and and, and cutting the pass out and, and blocking and all that type of stuff. So, yeah, I always I always try and think of it like this: when you're watching football on the telly, you're watching what Sky essentially want you to see. Yeah. And you're not watching football like you do if you go to the ground. If you go to the ground, or if I go to the ground, I talk for myself rather than for everybody. I don't watch the ball all the time because I don't need to. I look yeah. at different things throughout different periods of the game and I take different things away from it. You don't get that freedom of choice when you're watching the telly on. Yeah, and whether you realise... I mean, you're always affected by whatever's around whatever's around you. So you're, into, you're affected by... It's amazing how often you can be affected by commentators. It's like anything that comes out of Gary Neville's mouth becomes absolute gospel to a lot of people who, who, who watch it. So you see they become the narratives that follow up a, a football match which you don't get them in the ground. But you do get... You, it's like... Um, let's use Nathaniel Klein criticism from last season. I don't think you re that doesn't really existed on the telly. But it existed in the, wow, in the, in the ground. In the ground, you're right. And yeah. it, it, so many times... Even just a few occasions last season where we'd do a final word and one of us maybe didn't make it to the game and the other did. And, and I, whenever I was watching it on the telly, I had a, mass, a massively more negative view of the game because it's not only the commentators, it's Twitter, it's social media, it's yeah. everything. You're not just taking in a game of football, you're not thinking for yourself, yeah. which is what happens at the game. Yeah. You watch the game, you take it in to yourself, you analyse it yourself, and then you and then we'll talk after the game in a match reaction or whatever, and or to your mates in the pub or on the way home, whatever it is, you formulated those thoughts yourself, you're spoon-fed. 
when you're watching the telly. Yeah. And and that's from views, from commentary, from social media, from yeah. everything. And you can't and you you just can't ignore out, outside influences. And I think that's why ultimately <clears throat> why I think Lucas has lasted as long as he has because there are I think at the core of Liverpool's fan base, there's a lot of people who appreciate him and what he does and what he what he did for the that he did for the club and I, I you know I do ultimately totally agree that he'll never be remembered in the same way as a Gerard or a Sunus or you know any of those guys, but it's. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live, from ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for the award winning seating. They always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. It's no, it's no accident that in a, in a world where managers turn around and player turn around is so is so prevalent. That you know, players get a season if they're not up to the standard. Think about all the players that we, who Liverpool have had for a year and booted to stay for ten years at Liverpool. You know, of course, it's not the same achievement as it was ten years earlier. But then that was not the same achievement as it was twenty years. Prior yeah. to that, you know what I mean. The point is, he still goes in of like there's only there's a of a very select number of people who managed to last that that long at the football club. And like I say, I think you can definitely look at it and say, you know, it is it is it says a lot about Liverpool and, and where they are and where they were. But if it, like if he was shite, I'd be really you know what I mean. I'd I'd be more I'd, you know if he if he and if he'd gotten through where he he'd been injured and he had a dead long contract and he was just he was just eating it out. But I can still think of games over. He's put in a handful of games in every single season where he's had a defining impact on how we've, how we, you know, on on, on those results. You know, he's put in win, match winning tackles. Now, don't get me wrong, Chris. I will not. I will. I will grow old far more gracefully um, for not having to watch Lucas Leiva giving away free kicks on the edge of our box in the yep. in the dying minutes yep, of a yep, game. Yep, yep, yep. Let's get that out there. I can live. I can live a longer a longer life. A less grey life, um, knowing that I won't have to see that anymore. I think that's a that's, that's a given. I don't, I don't think it's just. I think you can talk for Liverpool fans all over yeah, the I'm, world. I'm talking for every Liverpool fan there. Yeah, it's it's but if there's what if there's a Lucas foible, it was absolutely that. Um, but yeah, it's 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 funny, isn't it? How you know you look at the evolution of the of the DM role. And I would have liked to have seen you know Brendan Rodgers really liked them, really liked them. But then 
you know, Steven Gerrard had a renaissance, didn't he, moving deeper into the defensive midfielder position, all of a sudden having a creative quarterback style DM was the thing that was that was working. Whereas it'd be interesting to know it'd be interesting to see what he as you say, what he does with Lazio and if he plays there and whether he just is allowed to be the the metronome, the take it, pass it off, you know what I mean, do that kind of thing. It'd be very interesting to see how he how he does and I think you know he's still he's still a relatively young fella, isn't he? Compared to us, well, yeah, compared to <laughs> us. Um, but he's he's going to Italy. Yeah, he's got ten. He's 15, got ten, fifteen 20, years. Well, look, the, the, is it? Um, oh fuck, who's the centre half? He's just moved to Benucci. Benucci, like he's gone to AC Milan. He can play Costa Carta play till he was like forty-one. Yeah, he's got for them like thirty-five million pounds. He's probably got he's probably got ten years left in him easily, hasn't like, he? That, Transfer and it's complete. It's not Lucas, but that transfer has baffled me, Paul. I know he had a fallen out with Marcus Allegri and all that, but it's like David Luis going to West Brom. <laughs> you just won the title. You're in clearly the best side in the country, yeah. and you've gone down to a mid-table side. All right, I'm, I'm doing AC a bit of a disservice <laughs> there, but that's kind of what it's like. It's yeah. it's a bit nuts. Isn't yeah, it? Like, no, absolutely. But, but it's that's a. That it's an exciting time to be at AC Milan at the moment. Yeah, isn't it? they've, they've got all they've got all the money. That they they basically Italy's Everton at the moment, aren't they? Except they're buying genuinely good players and Amberini. Um <laughs> Yeah, so they do. They're going out big time. I, you know what? I, I pay. I pay almost zero attention to Italian football, so I couldn't tell you how good Lazio are. I, I, I've got I, the only knowledge I have about AC Milan. Was just a Suzo who had a good a good season, and I know they've been taken over and what have you. But AC Milan should be the Italian, if not fo- the... Italian football needs AC Milan, yeah. Inter Milan, and Juventus to be firing on all cylinders, don't they? And, mm-hmm. and maybe to a lesser extent Roma. Yeah, you know, and it's like it's like English football need a strong Liverpool. That's just the way that it is, isn't without it? Without a doubt. Yeah, without a doubt. Um, let me get through some more people's tweets then. Uh, so Victor MPG, favourite Lucas moment when he attempted to crowd surf at Villa Park. Oh, that was yeah. tremendous. Uh, hammering in a 22-yarder versus Star Bucharest, says Black Nate. I think that's the one I was talking about, actually, the top dinner. Uh, Gav Cox, uh, Cox 70G, standing in for an injured Zabby Alonso and helping orchestrate that 4-1 win at Old Trafford. That gets forgotten a lot. It did. How, how, how good a game yeah. He had, yeah, how good a game he had in that in that as well. Uh, playing the Madrid one, does you, he say? It does. Well, maybe we'll, hang on, let's get through the rest of them. You uh, and Tara just simply says unlucky. Yeah, yeah. Um, he was great on social media. As well, good, yeah. I love well, I love the stories of him just following people to have a go in the in the DM, following them, having a go, blocking them. So Steve, I got friends. Steve, but was made for Lucas. Wasn't yeah, Steve put some rather salty tweets out last night about him going. No, um, Steve being salty on believe Twitter. Believe it or not. And and it's just bitter because Lucas basically blocked him a year ago. So yeah, and that's Steer. And you know, I know you don't listen, but I said this to you at the time, and I'll say it again: Steer, Lucas Lee, he's being a Lucas Lee for Minge bike, effectively. We know Steve's got that in him. Um, Lawrence knew seeing him score a goal live away to Plymouth. You and Campbell's dive versus Watford, and Paul O'Kate also being a minge bag says back pass versus Leicester. Um, yeah, that's it. I, 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 yeah, no, I know. Unfortunately, that's the problem. Is it with, with, with Lucas? Is that you know there are for, for every good moment there are a couple of moments where you go. Yeah. Um, but no, I, I, personally, anyway, I, I you know want to wish all the best to Lucas Lever because. Yeah, 
what more? What more can? What more could you ask for him? You say be better at football. Great. What wonderful feedback that is. You know what I mean? Um, for a guy who, who gave his all every time, single time he pulled on a Liverpool shirt, gave the best years of his probably his life and definitely career uh, to the football club. You know, it's a shame. It's a shame for him that we didn't win more around him. I said this before. You know. <laughs> We may have won what one trophy or whatever in in the time that he's been at Liverpool, but we yeah we we look we fell at the final hurdle a few times as well, and it's no way even that even if we were to get over those final bumps in them, it wouldn't have been enough to be like wow there's a is a trophy laden spell in Liverpool's history, but a couple more you know another 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 league cup and maybe an FA cup in that time and i think i think it maybe changes people's perspectives maybe, a little yeah, bit maybe. it probably changes people's perspectives on a, on a, on a lot of things around the football club so yeah so we move on then Theo Dino 22 uh, this is this is a really good one actually because um, who will be Liverpool's top goal scorer this season? Seems like we will have a few players with ten to fifteen but i struggle seeing anyone hit, hitting 20 plus Sadio Mane you think so okay. i think the if you extrapolated out his season minus Afcom and missing the the large chunk of the last end, I think he probably would have just about got to twenty, wouldn't he? Mm. Um, yeah, I think just I think him. it'll be him. I think he'll be on around twenty goals. I think we we could maybe see Salah on about fifteen, Coutinho on around about fifteen. I think he was our top scorer last season, wasn't he, Coutinho? Yeah. Um, Firmino ten to fifteen as well. Um, but no, I think I think Sadio's what this attack's going to be built around and his pace, and I'm, I'm much the same as Salah. But um, yeah, I love the way that Salah at the weekend uh, got his goal from inside the box. I think Sadio Mane got most of his goals from inside the box, and it's it's strange to think that, isn't it? Of, yeah. of wingers or very much wide forwards getting yeah. goals from inside the box, but that's the way that we play football. That's yeah. what we're looking to exploit. Yeah. You know, it's it's those runs and people struggle to follow them. Um, so I think Sadio Mane will be the big threat again. I think he'll improve on last season. Mm-hmm. I think is in his general all round play yeah. and his goal scoring. Um, I'm excited to see him again. Really yeah. excited because I think he's going to take the step, another step now, and we're going to be talking about Sadio Mane, world class. Exactly. I, I I think you look at the players we've got, and I I I think it will be more towards 15s rather than the tens. I think I think I don't think it's beyond expectations for Phil Coutinho to to set 15 as his new level. Yeah, okay. And similarly, I think Firmino again. We mentioned this last week or the week before. You know, the guy played as many games from the left or right as he did through the middle last season and people criticise him for not scoring enough goals. Well, you know, yes, he is. I think he's a creative first and a goal scorer second. But I think if you put him in more of those positions, I think he will naturally score more goals. you just got to look at the... His goals in both of the Swansea games yep. last season. Strike little flick, goals. exactly. Little flicked header at the at the Liberty, and then the one where he chests it down and and volleys or whatever. You can certainly do it, Paul. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I would, I would, I would see us scoring maybe as many goals, slightly more goals, but across more competitions. And so I could see us having three guys on 15, maybe Mane on 20, and then I'd like to see Lalana getting up towards 10, maybe Wijnaldum getting up towards 10, and then it depends who, who else we add into there. But yeah, I... I it's... Milner, double figures? <laughs> uh, uh, no. Yeah. 
No, I really think so. I think we can just, get more penalties, more pace, yeah. more pace in the side, Maybe. more penalties. Um, but no, no. Imagine if he scored ten penalties. Genuinely, I think he should be getting into double figures because he had so much of the ball in the opposition final third yeah. that he'll have been disappointed that he didn't manage to score a goal from open play. Last don't season. be, don't be surprised if you know if Liverpool do sign Andrew Robertson or whatever, or say look, say John Farnham is an absolute revelation or, or whatever. Pardon me, James Milner with that little bit of pressure on him and maybe a little bit more rest, you know what I mean? Um, being in rotation a little bit more. I think he should get, he should be getting a couple of goals from open play. Yeah. I think definitely this season. And again, we've seen um, Trent in pre-season as well. I, d- I don't know how many games he's going to get. I wouldn't, but again, it wouldn't shock me if he started 10 to 15 games across all competitions this season. And I could see him scoring a goal, a goal or two. He's, he, it's more likely than Nathaniel Klein doing it anyway. Yeah, it's yeah. I'm about as likely as Nathaniel Klein scoring this season. That's not true, but no, we'll we'll maybe come back to this. At the end <laughs> okay, of the we'll this at the end of the season. Yeah, um, it more about the opportunity. Is there, yeah, is there anything else? Any. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Non needed, non received. Yeah, um, but yeah, I, I would see a, a general increase across the board. So yeah, I agree with the. Maybe like a notion that you know it'd be things would be loads easier if we had a thirty goal a season centre forward. But we've not even mentioned like a Solanke. I, I still don't know where he's going to fit in and how, how he's going to if he's even going to play games for us this season. But that kid's got something about him. I think that he's either going to be utter teared when the pressure hits yeah. him, <clears> or I could, you know he's just got he's got so much going for him in an all round physical sense that if he gets a goal or two, he could fly. Off the, off the back, and, and he could, you know, he could change. He could change a few perspectives on how Liverpool play and how they line up and whatever. So it's exciting, nevertheless. I, 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 I say, I, I do tend to agree with you. I, I think, I don't think we'll have multiples in the twi- in the twenties and whatever. Nice but though, it? it would be lo- Again, lovely. I, look, we've seen four three three so far this pre-season, but I do expect to see us play two up top at points during the season. And mm. if that's the case, I'm wondering, is it going to be a storage Origi, Solanke, Firmino? Or are we going to see a little bit of what Salah did last season? Are we going to see Mane maybe up there as well? Because Salah played off Jekyll last season for, I think it was about 75% of the games yeah. as the number 10 to Jekyll's nine, like for Roma. So there's options there. And if, if Salah can get that many goals for Roma from that position, I'd be surprised if he couldn't do the same for us. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I really looking forward to seeing Solanke Sturridge, if I'm honest. Yeah. Just seeing Sturridge playing a little bit withdrawn often because, you know, and, and then you've got. Effectively, Sturridge can get in behind if needs be for flick-ons, but he can also sit off for knockdowns and then look to play Solanke through as well. It's it's funny, isn't it? And we did we did we do this every summer. We did this particularly last summer yeah. uh, in terms of about this depth thing. Too early to really. You just don't know because the opposition that these guys. Well, are we coming get excited. Oh no no! I get, uh, yeah, get excited. Absolutely get excited. Um, but yeah, we'll obviously we'll know a bit more as this, as the season gets on. But I do like the fact that. We're already in a position. We said this after Tram, it's like, who's going to miss out? Well, you know, when Lalana, Coutinho, Emre Chan start coming into this team, who are the kids and who are the players who are getting bumped out of the out of the B team? And Markovic was an obvious answer there, of course. Yeah. Um, but you know, we, we we are we do have not just bodies, but options. And it's not just about players you can take to a football field. It's about guys you can come on and impact games in different ways. And that's what that's what's getting me really excited about that. We've managed, you know, as we said on the final word, I think it was from from Wigan, Salah 
has allowed us to effectively continue doing what we do with Mane when Mane's not there. We've still not seen what happens when both of them are in there. And then again, you add Solanke into it and you had, had a touch, knock, bang on, finger, wood, whatever. Daniel, we've got to fit Daniel Sturridge. And even, like I said, even Origi looking... Looking sharp and hungry as well. Yeah, like, I, mean, so. I mean, you've got players like Woodburn who've uh, a year on in the developments yeah. and stuff like that. He's not so even 18 till this our, season. Our squad has improved quite a bit mm. for just a couple of signings. It's mad because, again, you know, I know it's not an attacking sense, but you've got Joe Gomez back mm. as well. You know, our squad's much better than this time last season. Yeah, completely. Uh, okay, so we move on <clears> then. Um, Gadge Moan says, Should I get over my fears and get Coutinho on the Liverpool home shirt or wait till the transfer window closes? No, just get it on. Yeah, I, I, I can. Completely agree. I've said this in a few places, and there's a lot of there's a lot of fear mongering happens on on social media. I think, and I'm not saying it, it doesn't happen off off the pitch. It does. There's just you know people who who get really fearful about things exist in all walks of life. Absolutely. So you do it here in pubs, um, bars, and mainly mainly from taxi drivers, Evertonian taxi drivers, um, <laughs> trying to wind it up about your club. Um, but I. I I don't think Coutinho was going to leave. I think I think it would take a, a a mega offer, and I think Liverpool consider it because Liverpool are the the, the like the money ball approach, as it were, is that you 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 should accept bids that are that massively exceed the value of players because you, those opportunities don't necessarily come around. Um, very often in a business sense that makes sense, but I do think it would take. There was talk about a ninety-five million release clause or whatever maybe if that came in I just can't see that kind of bid being forthcoming and even if it was I could see because of Jürgen Klopp us getting another season out of Coutinho even if we did get an astronomical bid yeah I don't think I don't think Coutinho's going anywhere and I agree with you that Klopp would have Coutinho around for another year yeah. I think it's as cut and dry as that means. Yeah, absolutely. But again, inevitably there'll be fears and, and I think this is a lot of the thing that surrounds this transfer window and I think a lot of it comes into the, the, the ownership stuff as well is that the the proof of the pudding's in the eating, isn't it? Is that it's like it's like Everton with the Lukaku stuff. Everton have been told they've got loads of money. They've spent a load of money. They've then sold <clears throat> Lukaku. It will be interesting to see what Everton's net spend ends up at. I would still expect them to spend a, a wedge, and they're very they're all confident that they're going to spend an absolute wedge. That that I will know a little bit. And again, similarly with the Liverpool thing, I think there's a there's a there's a fear there that they won't spend big on. Cater and Van Dyke, they'll end up with subpar targets or no one. And or if we then go and go and buy those targets, it means that Phil Coutinho is being sold to pay for them. And the only way we're going to be relaxed about that is when the transfer slam window shut. slams shut and we can all breathe a sigh of relief and just get on with enjoying the football. But I would I, I I'll be perfectly honest, mate. You're all right. In years gone by, it was a problem because Kits used to last for two seasons. Um it's less of an issue this time around, you know what I mean? If a player, if a player, if a player moves, I would just advise getting your own name on the back. If I'm perfectly honest, if you didn't, if you're into that kind of thing, because you decide whether you still like that club or not. <laughs> not some business fellas. So yeah, you can't, you can't transfer yourself. Well, you can, but it's down to you, and that's on you. If you decide to support another club, that's on you. It's as simple. It's as simple True. as that. So yeah, have it for yourself. Okay, so wrapping us up, uh, Ollie Wally. One. Oh, it's cute, isn't it? Yeah. Um, 
says, and I'm going to throw this one to you, Chris, because you, 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 you've prepared. How fast can you say the alphabet backwards? Now, I before you get into six to seven seconds. Okay. Before we get into this, just want to let everyone know if you're listening on the podcast, you can watch the video version of this uh, on the redmentv.com. It's for subscribers only and people who support the Redmen TV across podcasts and Facebook and Twitter and Instagram and YouTube, etc., etc. Um, so if you want to watch us do this and occasionally wave and smile and also get an insight into how Chris is going to handle this. Um, then do check out the video version. So Chris and podcast listeners prepare to be stunned and amazed. Chris Page, the amazing Mr. Blood Red, is about to say the alphabet backwards as fast as possible. Chris Page, the floor is yours. Okay. So I've done a little, a kind of little tune to help me get through this. Okay. Z-Y-X-W-U-V-U-T-S-R-Q-P-O-N-M-L-K-J-I-H-G-F-E-D-C-B-A. Boom! How does he do it? How does he do it? You're like Rain Man with letters. That's Chris tapping his head. Um, <laughs> anyway, yeah, thanks very much to everyone who's watching the video version. It's been a good podcast. I've enjoyed it. It's been... I'm just going to... I didn't leave my seat there. Um, if you want to know why I left my seat, watch the video version. Um, yeah, it's been a great podcast, Chris. Thank you very much. Thank you, everyone who, who involved themselves with it as well. Thanks for those of you who tweeted in at the Redmen TV. If you enjoy the podcast and you're on iTunes, leave a rating five stars. Would be lovely. Um, and yeah, comments and questions, etc., etc., etc. This post goes out on the RedmenTV.com, as I mentioned. Get over to there, involve yourself in the comments section, and of course, subscribe to the RedmenTV.com audio versions. So, if you like Redmen TV podcasts, there's more of that kind of stuff on the website now, and there's loads more coming in the months to come as well. So, best time now, subscribe up. Subscribe up. I've never used that. That was a good, slip like the subscribe up. That's worse. I made it worse. I've ruined it. It was, it was going okay. Um, yeah, subscribe to the reventv.com uh, and get yourself prepared, strapped in for loads of amazing Liverpool related content. Walk on, lads. Walk on. <laughs>